This week on the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, we change up the news segment. Play around with the camera setup. And hope the second mic cable doesn't give up the ghost like it did seven months ago. All this and probably some editing coming up. The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Hello and welcome once again to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Hi! Co-located in Auckland, not like physically, not not over the, the Skype with the beaming words through the ether and what have you. And the beaming didn't even no. really work particularly. Skype's so got worse, hasn't it? Like, Progressively so. It's would... almost as if they're deliberately making their own service more and more rubbish to get into Google's good books with Google Hangouts, because it does seem like Google Hangouts is what we should be doing next. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yes, we used to use it all the time when you were in your lane, yeah? And it was, it was fine, fine up until two weeks before I left, yep. and Skype pushed forward its new experience. And the new experience is rubbish, because Skype stands for rubbish. Mm. Uh, but at any rate, here we are together, one Josh Edison, the other in Dentith, one looking slightly shorter than the other, because I'm just really looking at your nose this episode. Yes, the seats could possibly be a little more level, but what can you do? Budgetary constraints. Now, if you donate money to the podcast, we could get better seats, better cameras, and, well, I don't want to reveal a secret, but we're getting better lights already. Mm. They're winging their way here from... China. China, probably. China. Yeah. So we got... Yes, we're going with a slightly different camera layout this time. Instead of having one in the middle and one for the little aside comments, I've kind of got one for me and one for Ian. It's, I, I, I feel like we, we should be looking at the same place at the same time, but maybe we're not. Yeah, well, I have a feeling this, this is a bold experiment this week, yeah. and it's probably not going to be repeated next week. And completely irrelevant if you're just listening to the podcast anyway. Yes, although it's probably doing absolute damage to the sound separation, given I'm looking over here, I'm looking over there, the microphone's only in one particular location, my mouth is moving all around the place. Mm. That's what he said. Yes. You see, me. Wouldn't you like to know? Oh, and also, yes. I'm curious. Uh, anyway. You certainly are mm. in bed. It's me to know and... And, and we're not going to say anything more. Yeah. Okay. I think what we should do is actually move on to the news. I think we best, yes. Otherwise, it's going to turn into filth and degeneracy, and we've got cameras on mm. us, so we can't get away with much. Although what we can get away with, you will be very, very surprised by. I was about to do the chime there myself. But on bing bong. Breaking, breaking conspiracy theories in the news. News! News about the news! Yes, we're changing the format a little. Um, From now on we're going to focus on just a couple, maybe three big stories a week, um, and discuss other less important stuff in in patron-accessible... That's a polite way of saying patron-only... Extra content recorded after the show. Uh, Because we are utter bastards, we're going to tell you what we're going to discuss, but crucially, not what we're going to say. But because we have some kindness left in the abysses that were our hearts, this week the bonus episode will be free to everyone. But don't expect our largesse to last. And now, on with the news. Mm. Microwaves. 
They're not just good for reheating your soup, but you can also use them to attack and injure diplomats. Ah, the old throw the microwave at the suspected spy routine, eh? Clever. Uh, yes, well, you, you could toss a microwave, or you could use suspected microwave-based weaponry. Uh, the director of the Center for Brain Injury and Repair at the University of Pennsylvania, one Douglas Smith, now suspects that the second diplomats and staff at the U.S. embassies in Cuba and Beijing have been attacked by microwaves. Now, we've covered this story many episodes ago. At the time, the medical team which examined the 21 affected diplomats and their families thought there was something wrong, but they weren't sure of the cause. Uh, we also covered the fact that other medical specialists have disputed that anything happened at all uh, and think that the suspected attack was just a mass psychogenic illness with people suffering normal wear and tear. Indeed. The dissenting opinion was very much focused on the idea that as we don't actually have a sense of normal brain functioning, let alone a metric what state of brain should be in at a certain age, any investigation into a set of individuals working in a stressful environment is going to present symptoms which might be the result of stress or age or microwave weaponry, uh, which has been researched by military powers and could provide a plausible explanation for the symptoms the diplomats and their families have been suffering. But we still don't know the who or the why of this purported attack, which gets us into the realm of conspiracy theory. When the attack was just centred in Cuba, it was plausible to think it was either the Cuban government or Cuban dissenters behind it all. But now Beijing is in the picture, the story of who is behind it is murky, as is the why. We'll keep you updated on the matter, uh, as well as development of our own microwave-based weaponry. One word, catapults. But before we launch ourselves... We're going with that? Yep. Before we launch ourselves into that endeavour... Let's talk 1080. Now, we've discussed the use of 1080 poison in Aotearoa several times on this podcast, and how not only is it the most effective way to keep our fragile ecosystem pest-free, but also how there are numerous conspiracy theories surrounding the use of poison. Did you know that 1080 is a mutagenic? Which presumably means it gives you superpowers. Mm. Uh, that because water has a memory, you don't even need to find trace elements of 1080 in the municipal water supply in order to be poisoned by it. This isn't whiskey I'm drinking. It's urine that passed through the same gut I used to process whiskey. It tastes terrible, and it's not even getting me drunk. Mm. Uh, and that 1080 is being used to make us docile, so Jacinda Ardern and the feminazis who run our government can raise the minimum wage and produce a quality of outcome for all. Truly a dastardly plot to look after the country and improve our standard of living. Despicable! Mm. Uh, and now the uh, anti-1080 activists have worked out a new way to get the average Kiwi on board. Spam! Yes, a Facebook group, Operation Bang 1080, which has 40,000 members, has worked out that they can swap comments threads on social media videos with two simple words. Bang 1080. And has it worked? Well, it's annoyed a lot of people, and we're talking about it, so kind of. Mm. Uh, now, aside from the conspiracy theories which underlie the anti 1080 crowd, there is a curious aspect of their own organising here. Um, they claim that all the social media protests they've been engaged in have been spontaneous, uh, and not at all planned, which is curious, given that the videos they tend to spam are short segments from the news, um, and getting a significant portion of their group's population to spam a segment is, well, quite the logistical nightmare. What have they got to hide? Now, it's possible that this is just all innocent fun. 
But given that many of the more financially clever members of the anti-1080 crowd are involved in trying to sell to the government a rival poison to 1080, it's not out of the question we're seeing some standard astroturf tactics here. And now from poison to social media! Ah, poison by another name, how sweetly almond of the taste. Yes, we can't always be complaining about Skype, although we really are sorry about the quality of last week's recording. Skype is getting progressively worse as a solution to video conferencing. Yes, it came out this week that Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter and at Jack, has stepped in several times now to protect users such as Alex Jones and Stephen Miller from having their accounts banned. Now, Twitter, unlike Apple, Facebook, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, etc., um, have allowed alt-right views to dominate their platform, with Dorsey claiming that the platform is left-leaning and liberal, and people like Jones and the like haven't actually broken any rules. Yet. Yet users are reporting the opposite. Pointing out someone is a Nazi sympathiser, or advocates genocide, or happens to be a turf and the like, is a good way to get banned on Twitter for posting offensive content. However, actually being a Nazi, advocating new holocaust, claiming trans people ought to die, etc., seems to not get you banned. So, people have become a little wary about Dorsey's claims about Twitter and his own personal politics, and the fact that he's now alleged to have been shielding Jones, who had asked for people to literally raise up arms against their government he does not like, um, and Miller, who's promoted white nationalism, it's making people think that Twitter is just not just not applying their standards equally across the board, but that people are covering up for and covering for and covering up rather the actions of the alt-right on the platform. People being inconsistent isn't conspiracy necessarily, but there's a pattern of not finding hate speech a problem, whilst at the same time persecuting those who point out said hate speech. So you know, food for thought. But enough news! For now. After the show we'll be discussing whether an aide really did flash a white power symbol during the Met Kavanaugh hearing, why a hole was drilled in the side of the International Space Station, and whether or not we care that Steve Bannon isn't getting to star in a New Yorker festival. You can listen to that bonus content for free this week. But now, QAnon! So, yes, back to QAnon, the, the, the conspiracy theory that just keeps on trucking. It I, keeps on giving, it keeps on giving, giving nonsense, basically. basically. And if you dare criticise QAnon on Twitter, QAnon supporters get really, really defensive. Do really, they? really defensive. Apparently, I don't understand QAnon, let alone conspiracy theories, if I dare cast aspersions on their dear hypothesis. Yes. Mm, yes, so I mean, we, we talked about QAnon back near the start of the year, I think, uh, as sort of, you know, here's the wacky, here's the latest wacky theory from Trump Town, uh, and as I recall, the very next episode, then we looked at other other conspiracy theories like it that are all about sort of predictions for the future and prophecies that stuff's going to work out good in a little while, you just have to wait for it. Um, but but it, it just hasn't, it hasn't fizzled out, like, sort of, uh, uh, Pizzagate kind of did, although this is sort of what Pizzagate morphed into, isn't it? And Pizzagate's kind of been resurgent again. Has There's it? been more talk. Mm -hmm. of, well, after Mike Cernovich was quite successful in getting James Gunn fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Mike Cernovich being fairly prominent in the Pizzagate community, suddenly people go, oh, if he was right about James Gunn, maybe he was right about Pizzagate. If he was right that a bunch of 
publicly posted tweets actually existed. Maybe he's right about a secret basement and secret basements and things that don't exist. Yeah. Anyway, so also I want more cheese on my pizza, my fellow international pedophiles know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, but yes, I mean, it keeps going. Now, it's sort of started showing up in the mainstream news a bit more. People have been showing up at rallies wearing big Q t-shirts and QAnon stuff. It's, it's just not going away. But um, we thought an interesting thing to look at this week would be the QAnon has made a lot of predictions. Uh, some of them have been vague and weird and ambiguous and in some cases completely incomprehensible. Um, but some of them have been fairly definite, and those that were fairly definite have a habit of not actually coming true so much. Which is a bit of a problem for the adherents of QAnon, but as we'll get to at the end of the episode, they're finding ways to cope. Yes, yes we are. Um, so, I mean, there was a, a, an article that, that um, covered all this uh, quite nicely for us, which we're going to be cribbing from quite shamelessly, frankly. Um, but, but just sort of as general points to begin with, QAnon, it started, what, late October last year, I believe. So yes. The very, very end of October, start of yeah. November last year. Um, and to begin with, things were quite, um, quite, quite concrete, really. I mean, there, there was uh, sort of vagueness of, you know, stuff's going to happen, but it, it, it made some fairly definite claims. Yes, yeah, so and the vagueness was who was behind the QAnon mm. account. And the vagueness as to how many people QAnon may or may not be. But the initial predictions by QAnon is on day X, arrests Y are going to occur. On day X plus one, affidavits which were sealed at X minus three will be revealed to the public. And so QAnon was making very, very bold claims that then just failed to come true. Mm. And then after that, as we'll see, the, the, the claims started becoming less definite. There was a, a much less stuff will happen on this date and much more stuff will happen in a week. Stuff will happen soon. Big, big things are going to happen. Now, I should probably say at this point, the, the article uh, that we're basing a, a large amount of this uh, episode on is called Here is Every QAnon Prediction That's Failed to Come True. It was published at dailydot.com. It was written by Mike Rothschild. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a Rothschild. It, 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 is, it is problematic. Mm. Not for the sheer fact that Rothschild's problematic. It's problematic to write on conspiracy theories with that if particular you, well, If you've got a name which is mm. recognisable to the conspiracy theory community. So I imagine when I write on conspiracy theories, there are certain people who go, oh, you, you can't trust that Dr. Dentist. They got their degree through a state-funded university. We know that that work is all about crushing conspiracy theories. And I do get emails from people telling me that I go around ridiculing conspiracy theories. I need to treat conspiracy theories more seriously. And I'm going, you haven't actually read my work because I'm kind of doing that. Oops. Sometimes people have expectations based upon names and backgrounds. And those expectations sometimes don't pan out. Yes. Anyway, it's probably a little, a little, un, a li a little uh, unkind to jump on the lead surname, which just happens to... Uh, it's more of an amusing aside. It's an amusing aside, yes. Yeah. So, so let's, let's set it to one side and actually start looking at the um, claims that are catalogued uh, in this article. So um, each, of the, each of QAnon's little, little sort of posts on uh, Reddit... Reddit? It was Reddit, wasn't it? Not 4chan, where it started. 
I believe that is correct. Yes, I suddenly had a brain fade there. Each, each of us uh, were referred to as drops. So drops, there have been over a thousand of them now. In fact, I think it must be getting up to 2,000 now. Um, but drops one and two were the initial claims that Hillary Clinton uh, was going to be extradited from wherever she happened to be at the time, um, uh, that, or rather that she had been extradited and detained, had not yet been arrested, but presumably that was on the cards, um, and that there were then going to be massive riots uh, occurring in defence of her. Um, drop 15, I, I believe these all came on the same day, which I think was either October the 31st or at least at the end of October, said that um, John Podesta would be indicted on November the 3rd, uh, Clinton aide Huma Abedin would be indicted, is that how you pronounce it? Like one of those so, yeah. names that I've yeah. correct, only actually seen written down. Uh, it was going to be indicted on November the 6th. Um, so the, the, the date especially of November the 3rd came up quite a bit in um, some of the earliest drops. Uh, so indeed, drop 25 uh, said in full, <clears throat> follow up to last post, return to comments, read Pelosi, obviously Nancy Pelosi, and John M. Some of us refuse to say his last name for a reason. I assume that's John Morrowick talking about. Uh, this all has meaning, everything stated. Big picture stuff, few positions allow for this direct knowledge. Proof to begin, 11-3, that being American for 3-11. Of November. Uh, we sincerely appreciate the work you do. Keep up the good fight. The flow of information is vital. God bless. So, yeah, there was a lot of talk about stuff that's going to happen on November the 3rd. Now, I'm pretty sure, if I just, just check my note, you know, it's, it's very diff very much the, the 5th of September, uh, almost a year later. Um, so what did happen on November 3rd? I don't remember anything not, happening on not, November 3rd. Not an awful lot, no. No, um, no, I have a feeling that maybe, maybe... Nothing happened that day. No, I mean, there, in fact, actually, there was even more. Um, uh, drop 34, I believe, uh, talked about all the stuff that was going to happen. Um, that we were going to be taking back our great country, uh, that, that everything he'd been talking about in secret would be revealed, uh, not be openly accepted, which will result in riots, again, starting November 3rd. Um, that uh, the announcement of John Podesta's arrest on November the 3rd would result in a state of temporary military control, uh, initiating the emergency broadcast system during this time in an effort to provide a direct message avoiding the fake news to all citizens. Um, Drop 44 talked that uh, the president um, was going to be sending an important message via Twitter. Drop 55 said, Look to Twitter, exactly this, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. God bless. Ah, the storm. The storm. So this is, I mean, when we first talked about QAnon, we were kind of talking more about this phrase, the oncoming storm, or the storm, uh, even more than QAnon, because that was the term that seemed to be going around a lot, the storm, which was going to be the taking back of America, the, the rounding the taking up of Taking of Pelham, one, two, three. The rounding up of of all the Clintons and the Obamas and the Podestas and all those people and all, all the deep state. Actually, again, that was something we were never quite clear on. Is the deep state the good guys or the bad guys? It depends um, on who yeah. you're talking to. So uh, either they were going to round up the deep state or the deep state was going to round up the enemies of it. Um, and it was all going to happen. Uh, drop 65, uh, Q, uh, which um, I think was on or just before November 3rd, uh, Q said, it has begun. Drop 67 said that um, news of John Podesta's military plane being forced down would be leaked, uh, and a prominent fake news anchor was going to be pulled off the air during these announcements. Um, 
And yeah, it didn't happen. No, I don't remember anything happening with John Podesta, and I certainly don't remember any news anchors being yanked off the air in the US. Ooh, strange, strange. Uh, but of course, as we all know, that didn't, didn't, didn't stop at all. But it did stop getting quite so specific, at least a lot of the time. Um, so where are we? So there, there was a lot more, a lot more uh, dates went from being November the 3rd, November the 6th to next week, as I said, lots of, lots of, uh, I think one, one drop was big next week, and then another drop saying, next week, bigger! Starting to sound a little saucy to me, if you ask me, but... Uh, <laughs> next month, tumultuous and tumescent. And Leon's getting, getting larger. larger! This was a bad day to give up sniffing glue. Mm. Uh, well, is there a good day to give up sniffing glue? Like Every day is a good day. If you're sniffing glue, yes, give up today. Please, the, the official position of the podcast is going to conspiracy is that you should not be sniffing glue. We're quite resolute yeah. on this. Yeah. Very resolute. Um, and sort of it went on and on and on. Um... On December the 10th of last year, Drop 326 said that uh, false flags are about to occur to expect fireworks. Um, apparently around that time there was a partially detonated pipe bomb at New York's Port Authority bus terminal. So the, the, the Q... What, what do they call themselves? The, the, the adherents of the QAnon conspiracy theory? They're not Q-heads, q files, q noughts I actually have no idea. I don't know if there's a group now. They, whatever they call themselves, they... Constance. Um, they, they jumped on that one. Actually, isn't there the thing where they've started referring to the drops as crumbs, and then these guys refer to themselves as bakers who take the crumbs and assemble them into dough, mm. which See, is they, not how baking they, works. And also, that they are missing. They're missing a chance to do a great reference to Danger Mouse. Crumbs, their pinfolds. Oh, no. But yeah, anyway, um, so that, that was sort of something where... They said a thing was going to happen, and then a thing happened, and they could sort of point at that, but again, not, nothing definite. But um, drop 647. Uh, Q appeared to predict a major event involving the Department of Defense on February the 1st of this year. Nothing happened involving the Department of Defense, or indeed any government department I'm aware of, on February the 1st. Um, now, then, then, then we uh, went back to good old Clinton. Uh, with drop 854, which came on March the 5th of this year. Uh, another one to read in full. <clears throat> is, the sage, is the stage set for a drop of HRC plus sign, 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 raw vid 5 colon 5, x vid 5774? Now, I don't know about you, but that means absolutely nothing. Ah, uh, well, good thing it goes on. We have it all. Reread, restage. The nail in many coffins. Liberal undo. Impossible to defend. Um, so supposedly he was saying that they have uh, irrefutable video proof of Hillary Clinton up to something indefensible. Um, supposedly a, a right-wing conspiracy theory. She was eating pine pineapple on pizza, wasn't she? That would have been bad enough. They were possibly suggesting something even worse than eating pineapple on pizza. I'm glad to see, by the way, that we are both on board with the idea that pineapple on pizza is a travesty, is an offence against God and all that is holy. It's true. It isn't, in fact, one of the worst things you can possibly do. If you eat if you pineapple, put pineapple on, on pizza, pizza we, we, just, we, we have no wish to know you, sir. We don't, or at least we don't want to come around for dinner. No, no. Anyway, uh, some people, uh, so 
that this video existed uh, of Hillary Clinton and Hume Abedin doing something horrible to a child. Like um, giving them pineapple on pizza. Or even, it's, the, it's the core, it's what's been missing from the QAnon conspiracy mm. theory. They haven't worked out that the core precept here is telling people the greatest crime that Hillary Clinton committed and Donald Trump doesn't commit is having pineapple mm. on pizza. We have blown the story wide open. It's case closed, people. QAnon is over. We have solved it. DOD were going to reveal that pineapples cannot be put on pizza without them being considered weapons under the Geneva Code. Mm. The info drops that were being released were health warnings to people about putting pineapple on pizza. And if you think about it, the 3rd of November, as a number, almost describes the shape of a pineapple. I'm not seeing it. Nevertheless, I agree. Turn the vision in your head upside down. Now can you see it? The V was sort of the top of the... Anyway, I think you're probably completely right, but just assuming you're not, and they are indeed back on on insinuations of child molestation and what have you. What is it with the with the pedophilia stuff? Like global pedophile rings are a I, bon mot I know, certain kind of conspiracy theory. I, I just don't understand the need to make your political opponents out to be the devil incarnate. Like Because what you want to be able to do is say by association every single idea must be wrong because people who would do that to a child Cannot be wrong about yeah, have to be anything. absolutely yeah. evil. So those who go, well, look, they advocate a living wage, a universal basic income, and that sounds really good, but they're child molesters, so it must be wrong somehow. It allows you to cast everything they do into doubt, whether you think it's good or bad. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, we've established ourselves as being fairly left leaning and, and no fans of Trump. I think Trump's an imbecile. I think he is uh, a not very bright person who has coasted on his wealth and connections his entire life and insulated himself from all consequences. I don't think he's Satan. I don't think he eats babies and strangles kittens. I, I, I don't see why, in order to dislike someone or disagree with their politics, you have to go that far into the realms of, 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 of being Darth Voldemort Osama bin Hitler. Well done. Well done. I've been saving that for a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we've possibly got a little bit off track, but just talking about all the times QAnon's got things wrong. So, yes, no, no video of Hillary Clinton uh, molesting or eating or doing what other horrible things to a child has surfaced. I'm pretty sure we would have heard about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we would have done as well. It is the kind of thing which kind of makes the news. Um, there was talk about a parade that would never be forgotten was going to take place on November the 11th of this year. Now, that actually hasn't happened yet. It still might. And Trump has indeed been talking about a parade, but apparently it has now been put off until next year if it's ever going to happen at all, after people complained about the... Um, kind of does want a military parade. He really does. Kind of wants a despot's parade through mm -hmm. Washington with tanks to show that he's not an autocrat. Mm, that quite because happens. one way to show you're not an autocrat is to act as autocratic as possibly. Mm. As, mm. as possibly? As possible. As possible. As you possibly can. As possibly. Espanol mm. Francho. No, I can't. I no. can't rescue that. No. I just no. kind of made it worse. Just move on. Power through. 
so we're getting we're actually getting quite far up into the drops now. Drop nine hundred and twelve said that the Five Eyes Network won't be around much longer. Uh, the Five Eyes Network uh, is something that New Zealand is a part of. We are one of the eyes. One of the eyes, and it is very much still around. So um, I mean, it would be quite nice if it went away, given yeah. it is a global spying ring which allows governments to spy on their own citizens by getting foreign powers to do it for them. So I'm quite happy for Five Eyes to just disappear, but, but um, it's still with us. Yes, yeah, so and this, this uh, Drop 912 was in the region of uh, March, April earlier this year. It's now September, uh, so unless won't be around much longer is referring to a longer time frame uh, than we give it credit for. One doesn't appear to have worked. Uh, drop 1001, uh, sorry, 1014, uh, which came out on April the 4th, um, shifted focus to Mark Zuckerberg. Apparently he's something they don't like either. Um, that, that, that said that, that uh, MZ, or MZ for our American listeners, uh, was going to step down as chairman and then be out of the US. Uh, the same drop also said, um, at Jack, good luck. Um, apparently earlier drops said he was suggesting that, that Jack of Twitter was also on the outs. Um, and as we discussed in the news segment, Jack appears to be actually protecting the kind of people who support Trump. So why you'd want him on the out, I don't know. No, no. So again, that was back in April. Uh, nothing, nothing has happened there. An interesting one. Uh, drop 1067 on April the 7th. Uh, simply said, China, Chongqing, Tuesday. Uh, so Tuesday, uh, the next Tuesday after that uh, particular drop was Tuesday, April the 10th. Uh, nothing appeared to happen on Tuesday, April the 10th, in the city of Chongqing in China. So, yeah. That's just one Tuesday. of those things, isn't it? Yep, maybe it was... I'm sensing a pattern here of mm. predictions which don't come true. Yep. But I'm sure, I'm sure things are about no, to change. Yep, no, you're right, because Drop 1594 said, July 2018, the month the world discovered the truth. And as we recall, the truth was discovered on July 2018. That's true. In fact, I got a lot of truth that yep. month. I, I had a lot of truth. And then I had to drink quite heavily to forget it, which the rest of the world did as well. So unfortunately, even though that did occur... Nobody remembers it. Mm, bit of a shame. Bit of a shame. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and, and as we said, as it's gone on and on and on, it's just got less and less definite. Um, the phrase, something big is on the way, um, has shown up in, in multiple uh, drops. Uh, we've got 1687, 1708, 1748, and 1802. Ah, um, oh, what a great over overture that mm. one was as well. Um, and then, and then uh, things either became uh, indefinite or simply just fired off into the more distant future. So no more stuff's going to happen next Tuesday. Uh, Drop 1926 said uh, stuff's going to happen on the 1st of January 2019. So that's a good, good, good wee's way away. A good, a good way, wee way, way away. A good wee's way away. Something, a good ways away. No, I don't know. My mouth, something odd is happening. And I was the one drinking urine. Mm. Uh, yes, apparently on, on 1st January 2019, there'll be a national emergency. Um, and then that particular one linked to some executive decisions of Trump's, which appear to mean a lot. So, 1st of January 2019, can we expect momentous happenings to happen? In short, no. Well, probably not. 
No, so what we're seeing here is what I like to call the Harold Kempion effect. Kempion? Kemping effect. So Kempion was one of those biblical revelation people who was always talking about the end of the world being just around the corner, and he would predict it's happening in February of this year. And then in case February would occur and nothing would happen, in case of, no, I'm getting fresh revelation from God, it's September, it's been delayed. And it kept on going and going and going, and camping kind of became a laughing stock in the skeptical community for predicting the end of the world and then the end of the world never happening. And Kempen, at the very end of his life, was saying, look, I've been told by God, this date is definite. This October, the world ends. And October comes, and nothing happens. And Camping went, oh, no, 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 no. It started, I never said the end of the world would be instantaneous. The world is now in the process of ending. It started. Ooh. It's just it's not evident it's ending yet. And that's what we're seeing with the QAnon stuff, which is going from quite definite, this is what's happening here, to a much more interesting case of, there are events happening behind the scenes, trust me, something is happening next week. Nevertheless, how do they reconcile those earlier predictions that didn't happen? I mean, we talked about last time the ideas that, um, oh no, yes, Clinton and Podesta and then they actually have been arrested, um, but it's all been done in secret and, and all the business about how supposedly they're all wearing ankle bracelets and so anytime there was a photograph of a Clinton or a whoever wearing slightly baggy trousers or something, it would be, aha, look, see, that's hiding the ankle bracelet. And so that they also one state made the claim that John McCain had an, in, an ankle bracelet as well, which if that's true, and John McCain was a convicted felon at the point he died, the fact they gave him a state funeral is really quite astounding. Ooh. I mean, that's, that's the deep state going really deep. But so, I mean, has there been anything other than, than just flat-out sort of denial of... So yes, you get the people saying it is happening, we just have to trust in Q QAnon, and also apparently Donald Trump is the most ethical business person to have ever lived on the earth, according to the defenders of the QAnon crumbs, which I find really quite fascinating. So yes, they're going, look, it is happening, we just have to have trust. Some of the members of QAnon want to start suing the media for making fun of QAnon, because they're of the firm belief that, as it is true, if they do discovery, they'll be able to prove the media is covering up what's really happening behind the scenes. So there's a certain segment of the QAnon population who really do believe these events have occurred, and the media is lying and covering up those occurrences. Right. So we're maintaining the fiction that Hillary Clinton is free, presumably using body doubles of some kind, because she's rotting in a cell with John Podesta somewhere. Right. The Clinton you saw on TV the other day, that's just Paul McCartney's double in a wig. Ooh. Well, that makes perfect sense. I do agree. And other members of QAnon are having huge social issues because it turns out that when you're really into the QAnon conspiracy theory then you tend to be really, really into the QAnon conspiracy theory. And if you've got family members like siblings or a partner 
who doesn't understand why you're spending large sums of money to attend rallies that never occur, or buying up big to move overseas for a disaster they're fairly sure is not going to come, then you're finding people becoming estranged or divorced from their loved ones. So there are huge social consequences to holding on to this particular theory, and it is quite fascinating to see that adherents really, by this particular point in time, are sticking with it. And that's presumably because it works on the same way that 9-11 scams work. Mm. Once you get someone buying into the narrative, they've already expended enough capital, whether it be financial or psychological or emotional, that they kind of have to keep going down that pathway or admit they've wasted their time on the lie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the, the key features of any sort of a con job, that eventually the mark becomes psychologically dependent on the con, that it becomes part of their identity, and it would be too psychologically damaging to themselves to admit that they've been con. And at that point, they're doing the work for you. you know, they're doing the work for the con man, um, who just needs to sort of sit back and watch. Which, What, though, what of the theories that QAnon is not just a hoax, but is a prank, that is a... This is the Luther Blissett hypothesis. So there's a book called Q, written by an Italian art collective known by the name Luther Blissett, which is a kind of historical conspiracy narrative, which has a secessionist member of the Roman Catholic Church, or members of the Roman Catholic Church, called Q, who are leaking information about what's going on to the church, to outsiders, to reveal inner doings. The Luther Blissett conglomeration were, or still are actually, political activists in Italy, and they kind of wrote Q the book as a, a typeset way of this is how you would run a con of this particular type. And people notice the similarities between Q the book and QAnon and going, well, obviously, it's one and the same. Now, the response to that is, certainly, it's possible that the people behind QAnon were inspired by Q the book, although Q is also conveniently a security clearance which has another fictional history with respect to things like James Bond and information about how the US and the UK establishments work, so that could be pure coincidence. But even if it started off as a con, it's kind of now self-sustaining. Mm. And the thing is, because we don't know who's behind QAnon, it's possible it started off as a con, but has been co-opted by someone along the way, or it was started by someone who was sincere, but possibly misguided, but then adopted by people running the con later on. The anonymity of Q is actually what makes QAnon so fascinating. Mm. We don't know who is behind it. And not knowing who is behind it allows us to hypothesize in a vacuum to our heart's content. Yes, and it makes it um, much harder to think about any, any idea of sort of a motive. Um, assuming it is a hoax or a con or something, you can you can look at other you can look at your Ponzi schemes, and um, see you know obviously it's it's all being done to enrich the the con man or con person. Uh, you look at the sort of religious, the biblical ones. It's generally about getting a whole bunch of people into a compound and making them have sex with you. 
Uh, but for QAnon, it's hard to see what anyone is actually getting for it, other than uh, the nice feeling that that all these things you believe about the world are really true, and it's yep. all going to be okay. Yep. It's all rather disturbing. So there we go. Will this be the last we ever talk about QAnon? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. It, it seems to have a bit of a bit of tenacity to it. Um, so if anything interesting happens, if, for example, one of its many predictions actually comes true in a dramatic way, then we'll be sure to talk about it. But um, based on past form, it doesn't look like that's yeah, going to happen. It doesn't seem like we should be holding up much hope for a dramatic... Although that, I to say, that being said, QAnon has now made so many predictions of now increasing vagueness something is going to happen in the mm. next three or four months, which is as close to satisfying a prediction as you can get, which is going to cause people to go, look, it was true the entire time. Mm. This one thing happened. It's all true. Everything you believe is a lie. Yes, it is taking on sort of Nostradamus-like qualities, I think. Yes. But anyway, I think for now, for the purposes of this episode, we've said all we need to say. We have. So, um, right, what we're going to do right now is say goodbye and end the episode, but then we're going to go and record our extra little bonus content malarkey. Yes, now normally this bonus content would be for patrons and patrons only, and you'd be able to get access to it by becoming a patron for as little as $1 a month, although we would encourage you to give us, say, 2 or $3 a month, because... We've got new cameras to buy, better microphones to get, and of course, that facelift that we both need. We're only getting one facelift between the two of us, Ooh. so it's going to be very, very Quite disconcerting. Yes. But it's going to be the same face. So when we turn in the right way, it's going to look fantastic Ooh. on camera. And also horrify our loved ones, of which, of course, we have none. Yes. So the, the bonus content, I'm assuming, will be audio only, given that we don't have a way of Technically, and... we do yeah. with Patreon, but not with the Podbean stuff. So, although actually, technically, you could also do it with with the Podbean stuff as well. But it's probably easier probably to just make stuff just as audio for the time being. But who knows? who knows? If you give us exciting moolah, people who want to hear bonus content as opposed to our existing patrons then maybe we'll get an even better camera. Mm. Who knows? Mm. Who knows? But until then, uh, we will we will make a show of saying goodbye and then actually go and do some more stuff. Indeed. So, goodbye. Wink, wink. La rivadere. Wink, wink. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. It is written, researched, and performed by Josh Addison, a.k.a. Monkey Fluids, and MRX Dentith, aka Conspiracism on Twitter. This podcast is available where all good podcasts can be found, as well as iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. It can also be watched on YouTube. Just search for the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, or, if you happen to be technophobic, consult the auguries. You can support the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy via our Patreon page, as listed in the podcast description, or just by searching for us on Patreon. You can also support us via the Podbean patronage system, if that is more your style. 
You do you. If you want to get in contact with us, why not email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. And remember, remember, oh December, what a night.